Is this the year you want to grow your business? Do you want to expand your team? Build a new office? Hey, it's Tug, and I want to tell you about First Liberty Building and Loan. Aren't you exhausted by going to lenders, building a relationship, and a week later, you're dealing with a new person? You won't have to with First Liberty Building and Loan. The Frost family has been helping businesses grow since the 90s, and they can help you too. They know the patterns, they know the ebbs and flows, and they know business. Now the Frost family wants to know you. FirstLibertyGA.com. Buying a building, building a building, buying a franchise, or expanding. Reach out and spend 10 minutes with them. See if you're a fit for them and if they're a fit for you. FirstLibertyGA.com. By the way, if you're a young banker and you want to work with a team that's faith-friendly with a culture of excellence, First Liberty might be a good match. Reach out to First Liberty Building and Loan at FirstLibertyGA.com. That's FirstLibertyGA.com. This is a 680 The Fan podcast. To hear more live and local sports content like this, tune into 680 AM or 93.7 FM or download the Fan app. What are your plans for your business this year? Hey, it's Tug. Do you want to expand and grow? Aren't you exhausted by going to lenders, building a relationship, and a week later, you got a new person to deal with? You have to start all over again? You don't have that with First Liberty Building and Loan. The Frost family has been helping businesses grow since the 90s, and they want to know you. Unlike big banks, they want to partner with you. The Frost family knows the patterns. They know the ebbs and flows. They know business. Get to know them at FirstLibertyGA.com. Building a building? Buying a building? Buying a franchise? Expanding? Reach out to them. Spend 10 minutes with them. See if you're a fit for them and if they're a fit for you. You do that at FirstLibertyGA.com. And by the way, if you're a young banker and want to work with a team that is faith-friendly and has a culture of excellence, First Liberty might be a good match. Reach out to them today. First Liberty Building and Loan. FirstLibertyGA.com. That's FirstLibertyGA.com. W229HE Atlanta. The most listened to sports station in the South. WCNN North Atlanta. A Dickey Broadcasting Station. The Fan. 680 and 93.7 FM. I feel like it's a game show. We're going to have ourselves some fun. Let's meet our contestants, everybody. Here's Chuck Oliver. I'm Matt Chernoff. It's Chuck and Chernoff on the fan. Thanks for joining us on this uh, Friday afternoon. Thanks again to JT Batson for stopping by the CEO of U.S. Soccer. Football. That is correct, Chuck. 100% correct. Uh, we move into our 4 o'clock hour presented by Entry Point Doors and Windows. They're Atlanta's local expert for entry doors and windows. Atlanta's best for a reason. Go to entrypointatlanta.com for a free estimate. Charles has got a college football today. It's not too far off in the distance. I can see it over the horizon. It's coming up. What can we look forward to? Third time may be the charm for the head coach, not the assistants. Hmm. We'll find out who it is. But first, uh, the dogs just got an evaluation. That's even more impressive when you consider all the numbers involved. Yes, they did. Uh, Bill Conley, you familiar with his work? I'm a big fan of the numbers game that Bill does, yes. He is a very high-level thinker. And I will say, uh, not dispassionate about the sport, but dispassionate about the outcomes. That they're just, it's numbers, it's math to him. So he released his initial SP+. If you don't know what that is, SP+, rankings. Essentially, it's an, it's an efficiency ranking that says, for each team... Here is the expected point output versus an average team on a neutral field. Basically, if there was no effect, no input from the opponent, the weather, the field, the whatever, mm-hmm. 
this is the number of points that you're going to score. Um, he has said that Georgia, oh, he's already released these. Georgia is ranked number one, and they are by number one by a margin that's five times wider what it really should be over number two. By comparison, Georgia's the number one team, and he's going to update this. And he says this is imperfect. It's a fluid thing, but this gives you an idea right now. Mm-hmm. He says, I'll update it in May. I'll update it in August. Georgia's number one. They're 4.4 points ahead of number two, Ohio State. And you think, all right, well, if that's the spread, if that would be the average spread between first and second, second and third, third and fourth, et cetera. Now, Georgia has a 4.4-point lead over Ohio State. The Buckeyes are 4.4 ahead of Penn State at seven. Hmm. So they're literally five times as dominant over the number two team as numerically they should be. Now, that's impressive on its own against the backdrop of 11 players to the combine by most guess Matt, probably three first round picks leaving the team i would think at least yeah 47th in college football and returning production Mm -hmm. all of those numbers they're still number one by even more than they're supposed to be um as intelligent and sort of disconnected an evaluator as we'll find says uga by a lot a lot Mm -hmm. number one Um, It's just another great commentary on where Kirby at least has the program in position to be again in 24 because there's still so much to happen. Right. The one thing we all do in the offseason when we're predicting who's going to be good in college football the next year is we always start with the quarterback. Oh, I know him. He's been there. Well, with Georgia, Carson Beck fits that perfectly. Now start doing it for your other contenders. Michigan's losing J.J. McCarthy. Washington's losing Michael Penix. Bama brings back Jalen Milrow. But there's been so much turnover on Alabama, including the head coach. It's going to give somebody a reason for pause. Florida State, Ohio State, Oregon. Like, these are all – there's going to be turnover at all these, like, contenders. DJU to Tallahassee and Will Howard to CBUS. um, They could show up and just have bang-up seasons and vault their way into the draft. Um, But it is a brand-new quarterback and play caller and all this other stuff. And LSU, although they have somebody in the system already. Like, Georgia has that, that salted away. Now, Georgia does have some questions. They're going to have some questions about who's catching the football because they're losing their three most productive pass catchers. But if you have the quarterback figured out, don't you think whoever has to slide in now, right, will slide in? I said Oscar Delp won't be Brock Bowers, but Oscar Delp combined with a kid that they just brought in who's ready to play in the Stanford NFL. Stanford and the receiver from Vanderbilt. Correct. And, and Rob Ra- Ra's back and back. Dom's back. Yeah. And yes, so they'll be – and Dylan Bell's back. And ATN's in the program now. That's right, who steps oh. in and, and all of a sudden he could be RB1 or split the carries and do whatever you want to do. So Connolly's numbers are deeper than that. I understand it. But if I just did it at it's like, oh, the quarterback. Georgia's going to get love. Like, I, I can't imagine who's going to be number one instead of Georgia. If we're doing it, because I think it's just the now the I want to say the sheer volume of talent, not necessarily at quarterback with Ryan Day or even Chip Kelly, um, but the sheer volume of talent on the Ohio State roster year to year. Mm-hmm. And then they brought in Quinchon Judkins, for instance, mm-hmm. and they brought in uh, Caleb Downs. They got superstars sure. that they've added. Oh, no, they loaded up and they're four point four behind Georgia. Ryan Day realizes what this year is like. This is. Let's go. You got to finish this drill now. Michigan just lost Harbaugh. Their quarterback's not there. It was bad enough that we started losing to Michigan. They lost three straight. Uh, But then, see, you have a skill set because you play that game every year, and sometimes you do lose. Right now, today, Ohio State fans do not have a skill set to deal with Michigan being national champs. And so that has instigated a lot of this. That ups the ante in a major way. All right, before we get to a, a CFT, did you see the rumors who Shakira is dating? 
No, no. <sighs> Entertainment world? Nope. Sports. Team wanna, sports. You want to play 20 questions? Team sports? Yes. American team sport? Yes. Baseball? <gasps> no. No, no, no. She wouldn't date a baseball player. That was a dumb answer. Football? Yes. I'll give you a hint. Retired football. Go ahead. Julian Edelman is the latest rumor with Shakira. The two showed up in pictures at her 47th birthday party. The 37-year-old Julian Edelman, who, by the way, has got one impressive body count already. This might add to a growing yet impressive list. Now, I can't prove that they're dating. There were only pictures taken. But when two beautiful people like that are hanging out together, there's probably more than just I got to tell you, I, I had the complete wrong impression about Shakira. I thought I understood her makeup mm-hmm. until I saw her next to J-Lo. Mm-hmm. She is this tiny yeah. little, like, hood ornament-sized person. Wow. Um, so Edelman's past includes Adriana Lima, the Victoria's Secret angel, Anna Lynn McCord, the actress, Jackie Rice, Jerry Rice's daughter, which I heard Jerry wasn't thrilled about that situation. Well, the Edelman or just like she was dating somebody? Maybe both. I don't know. Or he... he that his daughter was going out with clearly a male whore. What are you describing? You're giving a body count. Well, I mean, he's an athlete, so he's dated good-looking women, including most recently, and I hope I get her name right, Deanna Sodre. She's a Brazilian supermodel. That's <laughs> why he didn't want his daughter going out with somebody who before dated an Olympic swimmer and after a Brazilian supermodel. I mean, this, like, is, this is good. It, like in Edelman, by the way, he's a great-looking dude. He's got money. He's retired. He's in great shape. But this is like this isn't Timberlake. Right? This isn't Jeter, but this is like you're building right now. If Shakira, he, wow. If he goes from Shakira, like what would be the. If Sydney Sweeney is in his future, for instance, I'm just picking. She's a little younger than him, I think. But all of a sudden, now you're closing Didn't, the gap on Jeter and Timberlake and some of these others. Wasn't there a conversation that Timberlake went from Britney to Janet Jackson? Well, that was a rumor that was around the time of the Super, Super Bowl, Bowl stuff. And I don't again know if that's true, but there have been plenty of others. My goodness. That, that was started with Britney and then took us all the way uh, to yeah. Jessica Biel and several in between, including rumors of uh, Britney's convinced that Justin and Christina Aguilera did more than just hang out. It's Britney, bitch. She intimated that in her book, Chuck. Still I not read getting that the kids book. Back. Not getting the kids back. Well, that has nothing to do with You listen to the book. That's the same difference. You listen to the same. book. And she didn't even read the book. She didn't read the book. Michelle Williams actually narrated. Yes, I think Brittany read the book. Who, who read the Elton book? Uh, did Elton read the Elton book, or did I didn't do the Elton book? I don't think. Maybe Elton did. I don't remember. I'm going back over the Late Shift now. I'm going back over that book to kind of go back over the NBC Wars with Letterman and Johnny. You know, your brain doesn't get the same benefit for um, what? It's like boiling vegetables. It's not the same as eating them raw, man. I always say to you, you don't have kids. You think there's a dude with kids who can read a book? Like they're going to give you time to read a book? You're bleeping crazy. Heading out of town this weekend, got a couple of uh, audibles ready to go in my ear where the kids are going to be doing whatever, and I can just listen to books. Be great. So happy about that. Uh, I'm also happy about the Chili Dip Open, which is sold out. 6-8 of the fan in Bears Best Atlanta. We're kicking off the golf season with our annual Chili Dip Open. It benefits First Team Metro Atlanta. It's going to happen, and it's going to be a big happening. It benefits, as I said, First Team Metro Atlanta building game changers by empowering kids and teens through golf. It's all sponsored by our friends at Fire Safety and Protection, Corona Beer, Bears Best, Hennessy Automotive Companies, and Zero FG Energy Drink. 
Chuck Oliver's College Football Today. Got to be the king. Presented by Roof It Forward. When your roof needs to be repaired or replaced, call the roofing company that supports Cam Sunshine. Together, we can roof it forward. Yeah, we can. I said third time may be the charm for the head coach, me, Brian Kelly. Not these assistants. Uh, it is a new fruit basket turnover in the LSU secondary. And this year so far, it's more concentration on safety. If you don't know what's happened with LSU through the portal the past two seasons, which are Brian Kelly's two seasons, uh, first year he showed up, he's like, all right, we're playing in the SEC. We got to have some big, tall flyers with long arms on the outside. Let's go get four corners in the transfer portal. And he brought them in, and there was an injury, and there's one kid who was kind of a turd. There's another kid who couldn't play. Like, like, all, these, all these reasons why it didn't work out. Four. One, two, three, four corners that you brought in. Um, all right, well, all of those left, one to the NFL, one transferred, one doesn't play foot. Like there was a story for every one of them and didn't work, but we got four new ones last year. And I looked at it. I was like, you got a kid from Indiana State coming in. You got a kid from like, really? Or what are we doing? Um, and it didn't work again last year, bringing in four corners. Got one corner, two safeties through the portal so far. Like every other team, LSU after spring, I'll, let me go ahead and break the news. They're going to say, well, we've got yeah, two more scholarships. We're looking for another offensive lineman and probably a corner like every other team. I think that they will get another corner because they may have a little bit of a horror show uh, in spring. And that's only because not lack of talent, um, because just lack of age and experience and everything else. So you play young kids at corner. Every so often you get Eli Ricks or every so often you get Stingley. Mm, that's what they think about in Baton Rouge. Most often it's sort of a process. Like you become Kool-Aid McKinstry. You become Terry and Arnold. Um, so when I say it's the third go-round, that's for Brian Kelly. Remember, he whacked that whole defensive staff. Bo Davis is there. Uh, went to Missouri, got their D.C. Um, Davis coaching D-line. Corey Raymond, Louisiana and New Orleans legend, back in the fold. So it is the same approach the third straight year different guys actually calling the plays and coaching the kids so um brian kelly is plenty comfortable with the approach hopefully more instruction and uh better results for him chuck oliver's college football today presented by roof it forward on the college football voice of the south the fan all righty coming up this move would reek of quarterback desperation but it would also make some sense for the Falcons. If the Falcons take a quarterback at any pick in the first round, I'll donate $1,000 to a charity of your choice. Oh, how about that? What a bold proclamation, everybody. Chuck Oliver. That's not what I was referring to here. I'll share my news with you next. Chuck and Chernoff are on the F. A-N. Thanks for spending your Thursday here. I'm hoping it's a habit you make every day with Chuck and Chernoff following Nick and Chris, who follow Buck, who follow the locker room. What a day it's been on this radio station today, too. Alex Anthopoulos was on with the locker room this morning at 820. He's a big fan of those guys, he says. He did. He listens every morning. And he talked all kinds of stuff from not only the Brave stuff, but he like wanted to talk Kyle Shanahan and Falcons, so that was great. Then I heard uh, Brett Michaels with uh, Nick and Chris this afternoon. We had the CEO of U.S. Soccer in here. Football. That's right. Uh, You can hear all the interviews if you miss them or any of your favorite shows on the Fan app as they're podcasted for your enjoyment. Uh, Live Nation is bringing back Dirk Bentley to Amerisbank Amphitheater. Tickets will go on sale Friday morning. 
That's right. You know the crowd. That drives the crowd crazy, huh? Dirk Smetley and Chase Rice coming back to Ameris Bank Amphitheater September 6th. Tickets will go on sale this Friday morning, 10 a.m., LiveNation.com. Again, September 6th. See Dirk Smetley. Get your tickets Friday a.m., 10 a.m., LiveNation.com. I've got a pair for caller 9. But you've got to be able to sing this entire song. No, I'm kidding. Caller 9, it's yours at 404-231-1680. Coming up in five minutes, Chuck wants to follow up on something we addressed yesterday. And he says it ain't good for one local franchise. I mentioned that last week. Well, yesterday. You did. Yesterday. We'll get it coming up. But first, I told you this move, (laughs) this would reek of quarterback desperation. If you weren't listening during our crosstalk segment with Nick and Chris today, I had mentioned that, uh, like, the Falcons have plan A through E on their, like, to-do list for quarterback. But they all might be taken. They're not the only team that will be in the Kirk Cousins sweepstakes or the Jaden Daniels sweepstakes or any of this stuff. And I had mentioned the name Gardner Minshew to, to Mino, and he went, what? I was like, that's in play. That's real, by the way. That's, a, that's not an, even a provocative, outlandish thing. That's kind of a good scenario under some scenarios. Can I give you another one that you're not going to want to hear? That People are going to cringe when I say it. There's a world where the Falcons trade for Mac Jones. I'll duck now. Trade what and with what idea? So they're going to want to move on from Mac. It's change of scenery uh-huh. time. Gerard Mayo is the new head coach. They have a new O.C., uh, here's a fifth-round pick. We'll take Mac. Okay. He, he's got a fourth year, and then you'll make the decision on the fifth-year option. In. That's cheap for a chance, and it's another quarterback who at least can function. Now, what I would say is you turn down the fifth-year option. You just pay him for the yeah, fourth yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, what are you in for? You're in for a fifth, and I bet he's three, no money. three million bucks, yeah. right? So you're not going to pay anything. Bonus is on them. Now, what you're saying here is, can a legitimate offensive coordinator, if we believe Zach Robinson as good as, as he's being hyped up to be, what can that do for Mac Jones? And the reason I bring it up, if I would have presented you guys with trade for Mac Jones after 2021, it would have piqued some interest. And you'd say, well, why are the Patriots trading him? Well, they wouldn't have. But I'm giving you after 2021 because his rookie season with Josh McDaniels, a legitimate OC. Take away what you know about Josh as a head coach. Awful. But Josh as an OC has always been good. In that year, Mac Jones with 68% completions, 3,800 yards, 22 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. The team went 10-7. and seven. They went to the playoffs. He was a rookie. He finished behind Jamar Chase for rookie of the year, folks. Now, Jamar Chase had like, I don't know, 300 catches. So I think Bill did him wrong. After McDaniels leaves, he tries to piecemeal the offensive coordinator thing. They got nothing going on offensively. Last, uh, two years ago. Yeah, but it was like, ago. Am I right? His it was second like, season. I think they put like Patricia and Joe Judge. Yeah. In charge of, like, go run the offense, it was a disaster. Mm-hmm. By the time they bring in Bill O'Brien, I think he was cooked in uh, New England. I'm not trying to sell you guys that Mac's anything special, but if you were to make a trade for Mac and say, you're the quarterback for a year, at the same time we are doing in the draft something, whether that's at number eight, whether that's trading up into the top five, whether that's trading back into the first round, we are going to have our quarterback in waiting, and that's going to be Bo Nix, or that's going to be Michael Penix. We don't want to get him started right away. We're going to treat him like Jordan Love for a minute, and you're going to watch. You could do worse, and it's not sexy. It's not exciting. It's not going to sell a ticket. It's not going to get anybody intrigued. But with the idea of a good offensive coordinator, weapons around him, out of New England, indoors, babysit the position, it's on the radar. You've got to consider all this stuff. I don't think it's completely something you can cross off. It's not. He's got correct size. Uh, and What I'm saying is if it's a guy who's 5'11", who's overcome, you still look at him and go, mm, you're 5'11". 
Um, he's got correct size. He has experience. He's started a pretty good amount of games oh, yeah. um, in just three seasons. It is a cheap sort of look-see. Mm-hmm. And there's a very good chance that he's here for a year and he's either out of the league or playing in an indoor league or he's maybe a starter. So whatever. Or, it could go any way. You have no one? idea. How about he's your backup? Could be your backup if he meshes with Zach. Who knows? The, but The bottom line is you're going to have to have if, – if plan A, B, C, D, and E are off the table, you're going to have to figure out something. You can't just decide we're not doing anything. I want as many – here's the thing. I want like five plan E's. Mm-hmm. And Mac Jones is maybe a D or E, but maybe he – finds what it is in a new environment and one of the few instances in sports where I believe that there's credence in that is for a quarterback sometimes he just needs a new environment um there's a ch- you bring Mac in that is not like just taking a seventh round pick on the kid from Dartmouth right it's not it's gonna people will roll their eyes at Mac Jones and I get it I understand it you're gonna roll your eyes when you hear Carson Wentz's name like again I think all this stuff the, the top line is I'm sure they want Kirk Cousins and so does Washington so does Minnesota and so do three other teams. So you got to outbid them or out-woo Kirk Cousins. I'm sure they want Jaden Daniels. So do five other teams. I'm sure the Falcons want, don't laugh, they might want Russell Wilson. But in this sad quarterback market, there might be three or four others that are like, oh, we can deal with Russell for a year. And that's how you say it. You're like, we don't love it, we can deal with it. In but, combination with Bo Nix. Well, that's why you have to draft a guy, too. And as I've said this all offseason, I'll say it till. Till the draft and free, they're going to do both. They're going to draft and they're going to sign. So I don't know what those look like, but I think everything's on on the uh, everything's on their radar. All right, coming up here in five minutes. If the Falcons get this one right, their timing might be really good for a change. It's time to take a shit. You set a schedule on that one. It's important to be regular. Like if you're a morning person or a, like a night person, get your body off. I mean, your chemistry. Is so when, when I does that, I'm you, a morning guy. So am I typically, but when I travel, it completely throws my body. My body doesn't know what to do. So that's the biggest downside of traveling. Drink coffee. I'm not a coffee guy. Become. I don't need it though. Typically, it's no, just like you do. I don't. No. I have enough no, energy. I don't know. Do. I'm good. I don't need coffee. It's the last thing I need. I take cocaine in you the morning and I'm start fine. Start coffee. I don't need anything else. Cocaine goes right through you. You don't worry about that. It's the Afrin. Everything I moved else. on from the Afrin years ago. Look at me. Like, there was a point about three weeks ago where I wasn't feeling great. I was so close. I saw Afrin sitting on my wife's table. I was like. Aisle three at CVS. Now he's good. He oh, I can't walk right down that. No, I can't, I can't go down that aisle still because it brings me back to that place and it makes me happy and sad. Happy that I was doing Afrin. Now sad that I can't. Start doing coffee. Have you ever been to an Afrin anonymous meeting? It's really embarrassing. Bunch of guys sitting around, stuffy noses. Hi, I'm Matt. Oh, really? I'm congested for real. Hey, Matt. Who's holding? <laughs> we'll get to it coming up. But first, uh, Chuck wants to follow up on something we addressed yesterday, and it's not good for one local franchise. Then why are we doing no, it? No, there there should be more relevance, say, um, to Flowery Branch regarding a Braves thought from yesterday, Braves thought from you. Okay. You were just perusing, just doing a flyover of the Braves roster, and you said there's actually just a few roster spots available. Yeah, I said maybe two, maybe three tops available, at it, unless somebody gets hurt. And, like, there's a rotation spot that we have. No, a, no, no. I think it's either going to be Ronaldo or, or, or – Yeah. But I, don't, I mean, like, jobs that right now are available. That, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. we, roles are different than yes, jobs. correct. And so there's a spot who may be at the end of the rotation. There's a spot, a swing spot in the uh, bullpen. Yeah, but maybe, those are all maybe roles. A, maybe a bench spot, although Double A today said uh, they might lead towards speed, which means Forrest Wall is going to be on your 26-man roster. And so not a whole lot of mystery there. No. Um Folks, that is supposed to be true to a greater extent 
for the Falcons. I can remember how many times on like the last day of media days, the Falcons or all the players are checking in and we would look at the roster and say, folks, I'm not kidding. There's four roster spots available. Like out of the entire 53, there's like four that you can look at uh, or five. And it's supposed to be kind of close to that. Um, Matt, it's not just that there's a higher percentage of roster spots for the taking. It's the specifics. Here are some of the roster spots up in the air for the Atlanta Falcons. Quarterback, lead pass rusher. I'm going to say starting corner opposite A.J., if not a new number one, and A.J. gets the other side. If 12 to 15 roster spots are really open for an NFL team, that's not good. And if it starts with the above three, well, F me for the whole season then. So let's let's broaden it out, though. I could argue the starting wide receiver spot across from Drake. It is. It is. Starting corner opposite of A.J., starting safety next to Jesse, I could do edge rusher because you want to upgrade from Calais and you want to upgrade from Dupree, so you can do that one. Uh, there's like, yeah, you can do And by the way, you mentioned quarterback. Like, yeah, they got all that stuff to fill. That's why. It's not roster spots. It's like six starters. And I'm not saying they can't fill a lot of those things via draft and free agent, but that's why I do kind of cringe when I hear the, the narrative everywhere. The Falcons just a quarterback away, and it's like that's been uttered for the last year. They're, quarterback, they're a quarterback away from being taken seriously in a playoff chase. This year, even though they were in this division and they were kind of leading the division at times, nobody really took them seriously. So if you want to categorize it as, yes, Kirk Cousins makes them a team that can be taken seriously. But with all those other things, now what if I told you, would you like this? I have these offseason thoughts. If you do sign Kirk Cousins, you draft Dallas Turner, you take a receiver in round two that's your starter, you then – because. Once you sign Kirk Cousins, your free agency dollars, whew, mm-hmm. they, do, they diminish greatly. So you're going to have to do that. Or if you were to do – is it better if you did Kirk? Because let's say Kirk's $35 million. We'll meet in the middle on yep. Kirk at $35 million. Right now the Falcons have about $30 million, give or take, and they can add about 20 more. They can also redo Grady's deal. They can do some other things. But what if you did Russell Wilson, who's lesser than Kirk, but it would allow you a lot more money? Now, what if you went out and you, you made a big splash? I bet Russell's receiver? like two for 35. No, okay. not 35 per. What, do you like the idea of spending on a receiver in free agency? Because T. Higgins, for example, will be out there and it'll cost you. But Tiggin, uh, Tiggins, <laughs> Higgins and uh, Drake together is with Kyle. Tw- is he a $20 million receiver? They're thinking of franchising and trading him. So I think it gives you that's, an idea. Yeah, that's right. Where we're looking at. But, but I, he's not A.J. Brown. See, that's what I'm saying. That's he's, that, he's not. I don't think. But he's really good. And here, T would be your one, Drake would be your two. And Cincinnati's like, we got to break off Jamar, so you ain't getting money. Well, that's part of the problem. Yeah. But my We're idea, not going to have $50 million in receivers. So I go a little less on the quarterback that I spend money on. I draft a quarterback. I attack those other positions in the draft, and I have more money in free agency to go around. Can I give you a really, I don't say frightening scenario. It's not, because, boy, this would be really needed and awesome. I wasn't just being casual about A.J. A.J., they may want more of a ball hawk profile at one of the starting corners which is the lead corner and that's not aj so aj they may want a corner across from aj they may want a corner for aj spot and he becomes the two that'd be tough though you're not going to pay another corner no draft a guy is what i'm saying at eight yes okay that's what I, no, i'm sorry yeah that's the yeah, scenario yeah, okay. where we think we're maybe oh no not a wide receiver well we don't have any receivers i i get how that makes sense maybe yeah. a quarterback no it's too early mm-hmm. folks i haven't heard anybody talking about a corner 
It would, as a first-round pick for the Falcons, my gosh. It would bother me if one of the pass rushers is there and they took the corner, but yeah, I wouldn't be shocked at the corner. They need one. Yeah, at all. That would that would totally make some sense. Mark Phillips did not. Uh, he was a rookie. I get it. He's tiny, well, but he did not acquit. He was he was fine at times. Hurt a little bit. The, the problem for Clark is going to always be the problem that he can't win 50-50s. Nope. They're going to throw over him. He's playing in a division at times with big receivers. Alford had some moments. But there's a re- there, listen, there's a reason Clark was taken in the fourth. You could see yeah. his ability, but he can't. Like, Brent Grimes was an alien in the way that he could outleap things. That's asking a lot of Clark Phillips, and everybody wanted to do the Phillips to, to Brent Grimes yeah. comparison. There were, there were moments they, they essentially took Jeff Okuda out. Like, Okuda was done here with about eight weeks left. There were so many times there was a 50-50 ball that Clark just couldn't go get. He had a couple of Sundays where he got abused. Yeah, they were going after his size, which I totally get. All right, I want to be positive because you're full of negativity. No, I'm not. You just got done talking about something bad. For I'm going to talk about good. You know me. I'm always uh, sunshiny and happy. Open the curtains. Here's the sun. Let's say the Falcons got it right with Zach Robinson. Okay? Let's say he is, I I don't know, he's the the poo take a whiff. Like, he's so good. The Falcon offense averages 26-27 a game next year. You already would be worried about somebody taking him away from mm-hmm. you. That's the fear when be you hit head it. coach. Right. Because you can't match that. Correct. But here's the good news. Raheem, look, we really want to keep Zach. Here's the good news. The timing for the Falcons might be right. Now, if we get to the point where, okay, Zach, you're awesome. There are so many coaches, I think, ahead of him in the cycle that you might buy yourself a second and maybe a third year. Like Slowick. Like Slowick. Mm-hmm. But let's, let's, let's look at a couple of things here. If things don't go well, these jobs could open. Bears. Eagles, Cowboys, Jets, and I'll throw in the caveat that maybe Andy Reid retires after next year. I don't know. But that's your typical five or six jobs every year. Bill Belichick will be out there again, and he will get a job. Mike Vrabel will be out there again. I think Vrabel will get a gig. You just mentioned Bobby Slowick, Ben Johnson. Those are four guys in the cycle ahead of anybody who's going to come in the cycle next. Throw in Aaron Glenn, Ajiro Evero, Anthony Weaver, I'll even mention Todd Munkin, the OC of the Dolphins, Frank Smith, Brian Flores, and Steve Wilkes, although Wilkes just getting fired probably doesn't help him to get a job. They have third fewest points in the league. What the hell? I guess I was reading some stuff, and I don't watch the Niners on a down-by-down, but there are a lot of Niners people, fans, who are like, this is not shocking. It's coming off scapegoatish, but I guess there were some things that Niner fans who watch every down said there's some They had monsters up front and then gave up big plays on the back end some. I I don't want want to get distracted. I'm sorry. But that's a big list of candidates that would probably mean Zach would go on the interview circuit. Could he be McDonald and kind of cut the line like in Seattle? I don't know. Maybe. I guess it's always possible. But even McDonald went through a second year of the cycle. McDonald wasn't a first year going through the cycle. It's not impossible. Like, Maybe I'm wrong. Did Dave Canales go through the cycle the year before? I don't recall. Either do I. No. So it can happen. But I think the good news for the Falcons is you would have a minimum of two years because of the cycle and who's in front. Like Bobby Slowick probably gets a job before Zach if Zach's a home run. Ben Johnson gets a job before uh, Zach Robinson if Zach's a home run. The other thing I would do, and I don't know what they're paying him. I have no clue what assistance make in the NFL. But I would make sure if he does hit in year one, he's, he's a huge success. I want to pay him like the highest paid OC in the league. Here's why. You can't stop him from getting a job, but you can make him be Ben Johnson where Ben can pick and choose. Like I bet Ben has been broken off already. So the money is good enough that I can be patient I'm not a just little. Looking, I'm not looking for a job. I'm looking for a – I don't believe Dan Quinn for a second, but I bet Dallas paid Dan Quinn a ton of money to be the D.C. So he didn't have to just take a job. 
I would do that after year one. And this is all an assumption. If Zach Robinson's right and the offense is good and they hit it, I would pay him whatever that is, that four or five million bucks a year. So, Zach, we know you're going to get a head coaching job one day, but we want you to be picky and choosy and be here longer. The timing for the Falcons actually might be right for a change, and I don't say that much for them. And also the fact that he is, again, opposite side of the ball than the head coach. He's going to feel he has a lot more autonomy. And he's, now, here's the other part. He's going to get all the credit for any sort of offensive improvement. No so doubt, 100%. There's nowhere to spread it around. He also so. gets all the blame if it doesn't yeah. work. That's, just, that's the downside of it. All right, coming up, an Atlanta team just became a story for the worst possible reason. Stupid Hawks. Chuck is just full of negativity. You see it, folks? You see the negative guy? Y'all sucked me in last night to the Hawks. I turned that thing on. They were down, uh, down by seven or eight in the second quarter already. What did I tell you to do with that seven and a half points? Gee, grab them. Fade, baby. Fade. They got beat by 25. Uh, 23. 23, I'm sorry. Okay. Stupid Hawks. Yeah, that's about right. But that's not who the team is in this case. We'll tell you who they are next. Chuck and Chernoff are on the fan until 6 tonight, and then it's 680 Rewind. Hope you'll stick around if you missed some of your favorite stuff throughout the day. I told you it's been a big day around here. Alex Anthopoulos was on with the locker room. Tremendous interview covering everything, and I'm not kidding. From Max Freed, Chris Sale, to Kyle Shanahan's decision to kick the ball in overtime. Alex weighed in on all the above. What? So I... I'm going to go on a limb and say you'll hear some of that during 680 Rewind tonight. It's the best of your favorite stuff from 680 Fan throughout the day. 6 o'clock after Chuck and Chernoff on FM at 93.7. On the mighty AM stick at 680. And, of course, on the uh, mobile app. The uh, Coach Damon Stoudemire Show. It's back. It's driven by Hyundai. And it's live at Hattie B's Hot Chicken in West Midtown. Coming up Tuesday at 6 p.m. So that means you can be there live. Or you could just tune in and listen on the radio as we hear from Damon Stoudemire. Georgia Tech head coach. You'll also get the good word hosted by Wiley Ballard, Chris Mooningham, breaking all things down Georgia Tech. It's the head coach of the Jackets, Damon Stoudemire show, driven by Hyundai, 6 p.m., plus the good word with Wiley and Mooney coming up Tuesday at Hattie B's Hot Chicken on 10th Street in West Midtown. So yep. uh, there's another team in town who is now dealing with the same thing that UCLA fans are dealing with and the same thing a lot of, a lot of college football fans are going through. My head coach left for what? Yeah, Georgia State head football coach, uh, Sean Ellen, everybody former, knows now. Former. former. Yeah. He has resigned his position officially. He says, as he hard not as gonna this be is back. to do professionally, he says, it's something I must do personally. Family never left Columbia. He right. was uh, on the staff there seven years. And so he announced today, I'm a head coach at G5 level. I'd rather be a position coach for a lot of reasons at the Power 5 level, specifically the SEC, specifically this one program that's in the city where my family already is. So Mm -hmm. there's context to it. Pre-COVID, he's not making this move. Pre-name, image, likeness, like everything I just said to you is true. And it was true for coaches all over college football for decades and decades. And until the weirdness of COVID and then 21, name, image, likeness, folks, he would have just continued to be the head coach at Georgia State. Now, part of it is the money. He was making about eight hundred grand with the Panthers. He can make more than that coaching tight ends. Uh, he can, can mm-hmm. at South Carolina. But even if he doesn't, he doesn't really have to make more. Um, when I say an Atlanta team came the story for the worst reason possible, for Georgia State football, if something happened where three practices in, Kirby had to pull the plug on spring practice, Georgia, it wouldn't be good. Mm-hmm. Georgia would get through it. 
for Georgia State football, oh, three practices stinks. into spring, and you got to pull the plug and reschedule yep. all of this. Um, oh yeah, your coach just quit, huh? From Sean Elliott's standpoint, he put his palms up. He was like, I know how it looks, and yes, a lot of that's true. I just got to do this. Um, he is in a long line. It has become a lot more doable in a lot of fronts to be the assistant at the Power 5 level, and I'm telling you, folks who are involved in college football who have input, whether it's ADs, conference commissioners, or whatever, you can't look the other way forever. Um, Georgia State... Here's what's supposed to happen, Matt. You and I had one of the final interviews before Urban Meyer stopped being a human. Uh, 2004, we remember he was at Utah, oh, yeah. and we had him on back at 790 The Zone. Oh, here was the reality. We asked him about leaving. He's like, oh, no, I'm the Utah coach, and I can't. He was gone three weeks later. Um, and Utah couldn't do anything about it. They got it, okay? Well, we're Utah, and Florida comes. We lose our coach, just like when Utah went to Bowling Green. Bowling Green's like, well, we can't keep Urban Meyer. Mm-hmm. Georgia State, they get it. If South Carolina is looking for a head coach, this is a completely well, new looking down your nose saying we're here for your coach, and he ain't even a coordinator at our level. This is a brand new challenge for everybody at the G5 level. I'm telling you, folks, and, and, and I'm yelling about this being a bug. Mm-hmm. I promise at the Power 5 level, it's viewed as a feature. This is supposed to be more of the further divide between these two groups' teams. That's my only point. There's a couple of things here, though. There's the bigger picture and then the the smaller picture. The smaller for him is the family never moved from Columbia, which I don't want to get in that man's business. I don't understand why they wouldn't move, but that's not my business. Three more years of high school, and she's almost done. And I mean, there's all, yeah. I was told he was looking for jobs over the summer. Okay. So that was one thing. The timing stinks, though. And I don't know if the tight end job just came open. At South Carolina, is that why? Oh, three? yeah, yeah. They Somebody hired uh, that their guy away to be a coordinator in the league, I think. Yeah. Head so, coach at Murray State. That's so what okay, it was. Because yeah. there was an analyst position potentially for they him. They lost a the, special teams coach right. as well. But there Buffalo. Was a, there was an analyst position there that if the money was right, he was going to go to. So this was going back home. Fine. The timing stinks. I don't sort of understand why you don't try to figure out a way to cobble together your staff and continue spring practice. But now you're talking about kids who are going to defect and end up going other places. Oh, when he announced this morning, a 30-day portal window correct. just opened. That's correct. Now, the other part of is the football part. I'm sure at Georgia State you get tired of people poaching your players. Oh, and constantly. that's exactly – South Carolina came for the number one pass rush in America two years ago. Thrash went up to Louisville. I mean, they – You become a minor league for like Power Fives. That's exactly right. So there's that part. Now the next question is the timing to find the next coach. I'm going to guess you're going to try to look in state – there might be a couple of Georgia assistants you might look to or a Georgia Tech How do you assistant. pitch this? How do you pitch this? Everybody knows Sean Elliott just all right, this is a great job. We'd love to have so, you come on board. Well, the other guy just quit. Right. So let's use a couple of Georgia names, like a Brian McClendon, for example, who's making, I think, 700000 If you're making eight hundred at Georgia State, if you're uh, Sean Elliott, we'll pay you 900000 and you make more money, you could be a head coach, you get to get your feet wet at this program. It might be something that might interest him or Adele McGee. I don't know. What, what's Buster Faulkner making at Tech? Oh, he got bumped. He just got bumped. Is he a seven figures? I find that hard to believe at I, Tech. I, I can't swear okay. to you. but that's the only, So I think you're going to try to do something in state. You're going to try to turn this around pretty quickly. You have no choice. This is the worst possible but, but timing. The, it's the, April. It's uh, February 15th. Those numbers are out there for Tech. We, we can get those. For Faulkner, he's seven fifty. Yeah. Okay, so again, I think I think those. I think you're going to go to Georgia Tech right away, and you're going to try to see if who's interested, and you're going to try to turn this around very quickly. I will say the other part of this: Georgia State's not shocked that Sean Elliott left. 
They're not. They don't have. They're not happy. No, they're not shocked. it's it's a bucket of cold water. Correct. But they knew it Timing was kind of. They the environment. Sean Lewis, the guy that went to Colorado last year, he was head coach at Kent State. He's like, screw this. Um, it is like you're talking about Brian McClendon. I'll flip it around. I'm a receivers coach, or I'm a running backs coach, or I'm a linebackers coach, or I'm anything at Alabama. Okay. Mm-hmm. Or I'm in charge of all the issues and problems and challenges and it. headaches. Sure. At Georgia, being a head coach of a D1 college football program, it's supposed to be this awesome, 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 awesome job. It's way different now, man. You're not wrong, but the – And there is nothing going – Here's the, cap, the caveat is it's your first job. And for somebody who's never had one, I still think that's going to be enough it to is, pull you. It's a really tough position. Now, I don't – I'm trying to keep in mind in the conversation here that when I give a piece of information about Sean Elliott and the Georgia State – program it's true for elliott and georgia state it's symptomatic though sure. of the bigger uh, no problem question. so yes. the fact that i was about to say there's nothing going on at that stadium they had north carolina down there this year didn't they, they did. have army they, had, they did um but but it cha- it's different than chip kelly the chip kelly's the, is in a different whole world like he left ucla to be a coordinator but it's the same it's the same premise thing that this yes. ain't fun anymore it's not and the, the responsibility i don't want the issues i don't want deshaun foster got hired he, what are your priorities? It was the Q&A with the media. What are your priorities? He said, this is on Tuesday. First thing tomorrow, I'm meeting with donors. I was like, what? But he's a first-time head coach, right? Yes. Okay, that's my point. Like, to send out UCLA. But I think for one of these guys, you're, you're right in. To meet with my team. Yes. But for Brian McClendon or Del McGee or Buster Faulkner, any of these guys, had they had another job or they sort of know the landscape, maybe it's different. I, th- I think you can, and I hate to use this term, you can get over on a first-year guy because you you want your first job. You need to be a head coach. Oh, you sometime. can see the stars in his eyes, yes. and that that's what you've got to pitch. And I'm telling yep. you, man, I can't imagine walking from the Georgia facilities where you get to sit on the side of the table and nothing really is on you. No question, you're recruiting. To that's it. Solve all of this ish, yep. and it's a lot of stuff. There's no question. All right, coming up next, does Alex Anthopoulos subscribe to the World Series or bust philosophy? Twenty-eight to three. Did Alex mention that? I believe I was listening. I didn't hear him. So oh, interesting. Plus, we've got all kinds of juicy Falcons quarterback rumors to discuss. I'm going to go live on the air with a pure rumor. That is hot. It really is. We'll share a bunch of rumors with you next. Is this the year you want to grow your business? Do you want to expand your team? Build a new office? Hey, it's Tug, and I want to tell you about First Liberty Building and Loan. Aren't you exhausted by going to lenders, building a relationship, and a week later, you're dealing with a new person? You won't have to with First Liberty Building and Loan. The Frost family has been helping businesses grow since the 90s, and they can help you too. They know the patterns, they know the ebbs and flows, and they know business. Now the Frost family wants to know you. FirstLibertyGA.com. Buying a building, building a building, buying a franchise, or expanding. Reach out and spend 10 minutes with them. See if you're a fit for them and if they're a fit for you. FirstLibertyGA.com. By the way, if you're a young banker and you want to work with a team that's faith-friendly with a culture of excellence, First Liberty might be a good match. Reach out to First Liberty Building and Loan at FirstLibertyGA.com. That's FirstLibertyGA.com. This is a 680 The Fan podcast. To hear more live and local sports content like this, tune into 680 AM or 93.7 FM or download the Fan app. 
What are your plans for your business this year? Hey, it's Tug. Do you want to expand and grow? Aren't you exhausted by going to lenders, building a relationship, and a week later, you got a new person to deal with? You have to start all over again? You don't have that with First Liberty Building and Loan. The Frost family has been helping businesses grow since the 90s, and they want to know you. Unlike big banks, they want to partner with you. The Frost family knows the patterns. They know the ebbs and flows. They know business. Get to know them at FirstLibertyGA.com. Building a building? Buying a building? Buying a franchise? Expanding? Reach out to them. Spend 10 minutes with them. See if you're a fit for them and if they're a fit for you. You do that at FirstLibertyGA.com. And by the way, if you're a young banker and want to work with a team that is faith-friendly and has a culture of excellence, First Liberty might be a good match. Reach out to them today. First Liberty Building and Loan. FirstLibertyGA.com. That's FirstLibertyGA.com.